Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another day's edition of Transformation Radio. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true.
Gentlemen, it's Pastor Delaney. Pray that you're doing well. Don't get a chance to see much of you too much these days, but uh, guys are always in my prayers, always in my prayers, and uh, especially all of you who are in leadership. Uh, I know that um, those jobs can get challenging and um, exhausting, and so thank God for you, and thank God for all the work that you're doing, pouring in uh, to the men that you're with um, each and every day. Did want to just open my remarks today. It, it, it's been an honor to uh, to serve alongside many of you and um, continue to to be a part of your lives. And I pray for you in the same way that I pray for the staff each and every day. Um, but wanted to uh, just thank um, several men uh, on this forum today. Uh, wanted to thank um, Kerwin and Matt and Roger and Craig. And um, just want to thank them so much for making my daughter's reception uh, after her wedding an amazing success. This past weekend on the 24th, my middle daughter Samantha was married, and uh, I had asked Kerwin if I, he could assemble a, a team and, and bring them down to, to serve at our reception, and he put together the A team. And they came down and represented uh, themselves, uh, refuge, and uh, Jesus Christ impeccably. And uh, one comment that was made by several of the folks there was, where did you get those amazing uh, waiters and wait staff? And when I shared with them that um, they were men from the ministry, <coughs> excuse me, they were blown away uh, by um, just how professional and how amazing uh, job you guys did. So thank you so much for that. I wanted to quickly uh, just share a word with you today. Um, it's something that I had uh, posted um, earlier this week, um, and it was kind of in response um, to the wedding uh, that uh, we had for my little girl. And it was all based around a quote from Max Licato, and it's something that I wanted to encourage you guys to do today. Um, Max says it this way, he says, Measure the gifts of God, collect your blessings, catalog his kindness, assemble your reasons for gratitude, and then recite them. Think about that just for a second. I want you to measure the gifts of God, collect your blessings, catalog his kindness, assemble your reasons for gratitude, and then recite them. Why would I, why would I want you to recite them? I think often if we don't kind of articulate and verbalize the things that God is doing in our lives, it's easy for us to get to a place of discontentment. Um, I will uh, be the first to say I can't imagine that every day is easy uh, within the context of the refuge. Whether you're a phase one or a phase four, um, we always have days that might be challenging. Days where we lose sight of how far the Lord has taken us from that moment that we came in on a Monday. Uh, a Monday that maybe we were um, reluctant or not feeling the greatest to where we are now. And so how do I help to combat the bad day? How do I help to combat those frustrating moments? I combat them by saying, I want to measure the gifts of God. Man, they are immeasurable. Ephesians 3 says that uh, the Lord blesses us is immeasurably, 
And so measure the gifts of God. Then collect your blessings. Take a look around you. Be intentional about seeing how has the Lord blessed me today. Collect them and put them away in the recesses of your mind. Write them down in a journal. Uh, record them on your phone so that when you do have a bad day that pops up, you can go back and say, man, I need to pull from the collection and remember that particular blessing or that particular blessing. Go back to that catalog of times where the Lord has been kind or someone else has been kind to you. I'll be the first to, to say that the world of addiction is not a kind place to live. Kind words aren't easily spoken. Kind acts are rarely given. And so for you to be in a place where kindness is expected and kindness is encouraged, catalog those moments and, and take them to heart. And then assemble those reasons for gratitude. And then when we say assembling those reasons, these are the reasons. The gifts of God, the blessings of God, the kindness of others and of God. And we put those all together and we have gratitude. And then when we recite them, we can recite them because the Lord has asked us to recite them. He says in First Thessalonians 5, he says, always be joyful, pray continually, and give thanks whatever happens. Because this is what God wants for you in Christ Jesus. So here's what I'm saying. I'm going to be grateful today. Be grateful today. Recite your gratitude today. And here's how you can do that. To be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything that he's given us. And he has given us everything. Uh, Every breath we draw is a gift. Measure it. Every moment of existence is a grace. Catalog it. For it brings immense graces from him. That's kindness. So gratitude, therefore, doesn't take anything for granted. It's never unresponsive, and it's constantly awaking to new wonder and to praise, reciting praise to God who has granted those wonderful things for you. I was blessed immeasurably by the work of Kerwin and his crew, and uh, I recite that to all of you today, cataloging their kindness, assembling those moments of gratitude in my heart for them, because it was a gift that was quite amazing. And I want to ask you to do the same today. Look around, take those things to heart, measure the gifts of God, collect your blessings, catalog kindness, assemble your reasons for gratitude and recite them. Man, I pray that you have a great day today. Love you. Take care. September 29th. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Philippians chapter 1. We'll go through verses 1 through 26. Paul writes, for me to live is Christ. But he did more than write that statement. You know, he lived it. Jesus Christ is mentioned 18 times in this chapter and is seen involved in many aspects of Paul's life. We'll read about his friends. See, Paul loved the saints in Philippi. He thought about them, prayed for them, and longed to see them. Christ made this fellowship possible. We'll read about his circumstances. He was a prisoner not of Rome, but of Jesus Christ, and his chains were in Christ. See, Paul was practicing what he was preaching, and it worked. Do you think first of Christ when circumstances are difficult? Put him first, even in the hard times of life. We'll read about his future as well. Paul's life was definitely in danger. If he lost the trial, he could be killed as an enemy of Rome. But listen, when Christ 
is your life. Death is not your enemy, and you have the assurance of being with Christ when this life ends. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. September 29th, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 26. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. It is written to all of God's people in Philippi who believe in Christ Jesus, and to the elders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I always pray for you, and I make my request with a heart full of joy, because you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am sure that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. It is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a very special place in my heart. We have shared together the blessings of God, both when I was in prison and when I was out, defending the truth and telling others the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love for each other will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in your knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until Christ returns. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, those good things that are produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including all the soldiers in the palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, many of the Christians here have gained confidence and become more bold in telling others about Christ. Some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know the Lord brought me here to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But whether or not their motives are pure, the fact remains that the message about Christ is being preached. So I rejoice. And I will continue to rejoice, for I know that as you pray for me and as the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will all turn out for my deliverance. For I live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that causes me shame, but that I will always be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past, and that my life will always honor Christ, whether I live or I die. For to me, living is for Christ, and dying is even better. Yet if I live, that means fruitful service for Christ. I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. Sometimes I want to live, and sometimes I long to go and be with Christ. That would be far better for me. But it is better for you that I live. I am convinced of this, so I will continue with you 
so that you will grow and experience the joy of your faith. Then when I return to you, you will have even more reason to boast about what Christ Jesus has done for me. Get something in your head It's nothing you heard Or something you read Ever had a cup but you never saw a blade Brought to your knees But you never prayed Jesus in disguise Jehovah passing by Psalm 71, verses 1 through 24. The psalmist reviews a life of dependence on God. The Lord cared for him at birth, and he trusted the Lord as a youth. God taught him when he was young, 
and was with him during his mature years. Now he is old, and he prays that God will not abandon him. Well, as we uh, read this psalm, we'll discover the ideal way to spend old age as a Christian. Devote time to prayer and trust the Lord to help you. Instead of complaining about what's wrong, praise God for His righteousness and goodness. Practice continual prayer, continual praise, and continual hope. Depend on His strength and use every opportunity to witness for Him. Ask God to make you a walking wonder who will point people to Christ. Keep a song on your lips and in your heart. After all, the best is yet to come. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 24. O Lord, you are my refuge. Never let me be disgraced. Rescue me. Save me from my enemies, for you are just. Turn your ear to listen and set me free. Be to me a protecting rock of safety, for I am always welcome. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many, because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him. For there is no one to help him now. Oh God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on those who accuse me. May humiliation and shame cover those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for you to help me. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power. For I am overwhelmed by how much you have done for me. I will praise your mighty deeds, O Sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just and good. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I have constantly told others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O God. I will sing for you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, 
for you have redeemed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long, for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs 24, verses 9 and 10 The schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone despises a mocker. If you fail under pressure, your strength is not very great. Yeah.
to today's edition of Transformation Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you all have a good day today.